The stories you are about to hear are entirely true. They are some of history's most notorious and sinister mysteries. Whenever possible, the actual witnesses and police involved have participated in the recreation of these events. Your hosts, senior mystery analysts Ben Pateski and John Nafziger, have been investigating the unknown and solving the world's greatest riddles for over a year. They work tirelessly for your own good, exploring the dark in order to bring the truth to light. This is Drunk Mysteries. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. Intellectuals, children, of and all possibly the most controversial episode yet of Drunk Mysteries. I am joined, as always, by my co-host John Nafsker. and my other co-host is Ben Pateski. And now, people that don't know John also don't know that he has had trouble with law in his past. True. He has um, been in prison for over 15 years for money laundering. No, over 15 minutes for um, a charge. I'm not going to get into the details. It of. doesn't matter. But anyway, he he has been rehabilitated from his life of crime. And tonight, him and I would like to give you an episode so severe, so shocking, so mysterious <laughs> that you might walk away thinking, how can I ever go to sleep at night again? But before we get into that, I would love to thank our... Um, our yeah, what, are we, what are we drinking now, tonight? John, I wanna I wanna emphasize that this is not a sponsor, but it is a sponsor of the um, drunken feeling that we are both having right now because we've had multiple the figurative of them. Figurative now, variety. folks. Before every episode, and I don't know if I've clarified this in the past, but we each drink at least twelve. Um, drink not twelve, but we drink you know five a, to seven, five to seven beers, beers or you know whatever. Um, to get us in the zone to really drunkenly tell you about whatever mystery that we happen to be talking about. And tonight our sponsor is Polliner. It's, of course, brewed munchin. And it's an original munchin lager. And that's about all I have to say about that. It's a munchkin lager? It's a Munich lager. Not munchkin. Uh, <laughs> Munich. Um, which I think is a, is a place you've been it's a one place, time. Um, you know... Maybe. I, I lived in Europe for about three years, and I went to many a places. And now, so, if you've ever lived in Europe, it's free. It's it's cheap to fly. So, you know, I went to places that I don't always remember. But anyway, John, before let's get, get into this in, mystery. Before we get into it, Ben, um, I do want to take this uh, this moment to remind you to please subscribe in the iTunes app and also review. Uh, give us any amount of stars that you think is uh, requisite for our, the quality of the podcast you're about to hear. And leave constructive criticism, you know. Let us know or what you brutal. think. Or be brutal. Be it doesn't, honest, it doesn't also, matter. Like you know, let us know what you think that we can do to become uh, the greatest podcast, the greatest true crime slash unsolved mystery slash dark mystery slash greatest podcast on iTunes that talks drunkenly about things they may or may not be factual about. Podcast, go Ben. Or even if you're just a hater that wants to bring us down, do it. It's fine. We want your feedback. We want to hold you in our sweet, sensual bosoms and mm. tell you we understand. John, let's get into this mystery. Tonight, we are going to talk um, about... A, a, it's another sad story, unfortunately, audience. Uh, brethren, uh, this is the mystery of Sisters. the of the I seventy killer. Mm. To give you just a little bit of an overview, in April of nineteen ninety two, a string of murders would occur in the region of the Midwest, in a region of the Midwest that would claim six lives. Each of these victims, you know what, John? That's six lives too many. Keep going. I agree. 
Each of these victims worked in a retail location that was within a few miles of U.S. Highway I-70, thus dubbing the murderer the I-70 killer. Mm. To this day, the killer has never been identified and remains potentially at large. Oh, man. Now, Ben, have you ever, you've been, you know, in a round where there's a, a murder spree going on. You're from New Jersey, the the murder capital of I've, the world. I don't know if I've, it's, it's definitely Tell not. Tell me the, about your experiences. I want to know. I think the audience It's not the murder capital of the world, and I definitely have not been involved in a murder spree, but I will say this. Have you ever killed yourself, Ben? No, and that's just because I've, Good, I've, never, had, I've never had that big a beef with myself, Same. honestly. And um, here, here's here's the thing, is that I feel like this highway killer was probably a trucker because who else spends that much time? Well, let's not begin to you know point fingers in any direction or. And this is no offense to the trucking industry. The details. But it'd be like if people were being killed in um, airport hangars, I might think it was a pilot or a stewardess. But Ben's jumping the gun, and God bless his soul. But let's get into the details. I'm gonna be off. So. The 1992 murder spree would begin on April 8th, 1992, with the murder of 26-year-old Payless Shoe Source manager named Robin Fuldauer in mm. Indianapolis, Indiana. That's a city close to my home. I grew up in Muncie, Indiana, uh, the 765. Now, Payless Shoe Source, that's a store that you can go and you can get discount Adidas, Nikes, Reeboks, Well, no, this is true. Arm. And, you know, I would just like to give a quick shout-out to Payless. When I was... um. 13 years old and working as a waiter for the first time, right. I quickly realized that the best place to get non-slip shoes because you need non-slip shoes as a waiter was Payless because you could get a fucking a, a good pair for like 12 bucks and that's a sweet deal. Nice. John, please continue. So this beautiful um, ambitious and intelligent young woman named Robin Foldauer had been the she only, was going places. Yeah, she had a bright future in front of her, and unfortunately, that future was robbed by the I-70 killer. Now, John, I have a question. Yeah. Now, statistically speaking, and I guarantee there's an actual answer to this question. I don't know if you can figure it out, but maybe there is. The internet. Um, no, no, no. But what do you think the odds are, statistically, that she was going to become our first female president? And that was robbed from us. Because I'm going to say 3%, 3%. That's a huge percentage. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I believe. I, okay. may, be, I may be wrong. I don't know. Okay. I could be Fine. wrong, but okay. 3%. Okay. So Robin Foldauer had been the only employee working in the store when she was shot in cold blood and murdered. The Wait, kill- was there a robbery or anything? Or just so, someone yeah, walked in that, and shot that's her? A de- well, the I-70 killer did walk in and shoot her. So the I-70 killer would go on to do these string of murders. The murder was the main modus operandi. That was definitely his thing. But they were all like specialty stores, gift card shops, uh, fucking gas stations, fucking this pay less shoe stores. Mm-hmm. So robbery, he would rob all of them. So he would take the money after the fact. But there was, it was just like... If, he was if, just fucking shooting first. If robbery it. is your main objective, you're picking bad targets. He was no, picking back. No, targets. you're right. He was just walking to places with not much cash on hand, shooting the girl behind the exactly. counter, and then fucking leaving. So the murder of Robin Foldauer took place uh, in broad daylight, somewhere between 1.30 and 2 o'clock the afternoon of April 8th. We got a lunatic on our hands, folks. So for three days, the killer eluded authorities after the string of robberies began. No, after the first robbery. After the first robbery. 
Um, this clearly emboldened the murderer. He believed himself, from what we know, to be potentially able to outsmart the police. And so, he decided to strike again. The next two murders occurred on April 11th at the Le Bride de Elegant Bridal Shop in Wichita, Kansas. 676 miles west of Indianapolis, but only about half an hour off of the I-70. Now, it's important to note that the victims were Patricia Smith, a 23-year-old store's owner, um, and Patricia Smith's manager, also named Patricia. Yeah, it's African, or shit. Yeah. <laughs> Patricia Majors is her last name. So, Patricia Smith and Patricia Majors both named Patricia. Okay, We're so there, victims two and three. There are troop there are two Patricias working in a store. Um and unfortunately it's a bridal shop. Have you ever been to a bridal shop? Yeah, I but you know not I a lot. I never have. I was there once and I don't remember why. Have you ever I, been engaged, Ben? No, I have not. I, I have you, once. Um I was young. Um <clears throat> yeah, I was I was like nineteen. Um she was she was she was great, you know, we had a good thing going, mm. but it ultimately didn't work out. What I, happened? Um, pff, political differences. Really? What kind yeah, of political Yeah, she was super into just like execution. She has some. She has some dark tendencies. She believed, Where'd you meet her? Um, online, and this is pre Tinder. This is pre Bumble. All those days. So you apps. met her in a chat room. It was. It was actually MySpace. It was the late age of MySpace. How Facebook old was, was she? Your ass. She to was you. two ages older than me. She graduated. Two in years 06. older than you. Yeah, she graduated in 06. I graduated in 08 from high school. Um, she had some really just sort of far out thoughts about you know capital punishment, um, and that's why you guys racial. broke up. How did this conversation come up initially? Out of curiosity, well, she was the second woman that I slept with after I lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. So this is a big moment in my it's life. It's a big moment, and it was sort of hard to quantify and qualitative. You know, there's a lot of haze now. Yeah, I know, but just like what happened? Like you meet? How'd you meet her? Like I said, I met her online. We had a hot and heavy pill-filled relationship. Really? A lot of sentiments. You guys were doing a lot of drugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you think I get away with this? Opiates. Um, uh, Xanax. Uh, Valiums. You Heroin? No, no heroin. We actually, at one point, got a, a, like a stash of laughing gas from a dentist's office. Mm-hmm. And we blew through a whole supply in about 36 hours. So you guys had a nitrous addiction? Euph- yeah. Well, not an addiction. It was just one of the most euphoric 36 hours of my life. Did she ever get pregnant? No, we, of course not. I mean, what do you think I'm going to let that happen? What happened? How come you two broke up? Um, obviously political differences. Like I said, it just sort of we we woke up to realize, and it was pretty mutual. I'm going to be honest. It was pretty, you know, um, I forget the word. I'm blanking on the word right now, but we both sort Agreed. of realized, yeah, agreeable. We both realized. Look, this has been hot and heavy. This has been sexual, sweaty, intense. But maybe was she on birth control? Ben, I'm not going to get into the particulars of how we prevented a pregnancy. Are you still in touch in any way? No. In what no became way. of her? Do you know? As far as I don't know, she has devoted her life. How many years ago life. was this, actually? This was about, uh, we said this was 06, this is about over 12 years ago. I mean, I was a teenager at the okay. time. So, like I said, she does, she actually moved on a missionary trip to South America. And as far as I know, she has not returned. Really? No, she was the love, of, the love of your life. No, John, just not gone. the love of my life. A love in my life. She departed. A love in your life, John, just gone forever. Yeah, that's really all I've got to say. So I have about a question. That. Well, here's here's the thing, though. Like, do you think that um, do you think that should she ever return? Let's say that she returns from a heroic trip in Africa. Do you think 
if she has in fact given birth to one of your children, you one, will, two, three, or four of my children, will you in fact have the financial means to raise them? Well, it's so at that rate. Okay, we haven't slept together in over eleven years. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's, your kids are old. Plus nine months. Your kids These are kids old. Are Twelve. Um, at best, if I yeah. gave birth to a quadruplet set of twelve-year-olds, um, look, if they want to come at me, I just got a new job. I think I can give them a shot. I don't know. Look, it's there's limited time. Would you be willing to let these kids come live with you? No. Why not? Well, so what we don't you have the space. What you wait? Live wait with I you. have a question. This girl was American, correct? Yes. Okay. So you potentially have children with an American girl that you had lots of unprotected sex with. No. And not on unprotected sex. We had a lot bull of Bull fucking shit. I guarantee I don't have the antipathy towards condoms that you do. I guarantee I embrace them. I guarantee that you had lots of unprotected sex with the girl that you were dating. Who hasn't? I think Eventually we've digressed. You just both I get... really think we've digressed from this mystery. And you know what? Okay, fine. We'll get back into the mystery. Um, keep going. <laughs> Anyways, so for three days, the killer eluded authorities, and then... Actually, Ben, give me a recap. Let's do that at this point. What do you got on this mystery It's right now? really, really, really simple. You can simple. Do all fill in the gaps. It's really simple. Go. So there's the... It's the 70s. Is it the 70s? No, it's 92. Okay, it's the 90s. <laughs> Nailed it. It's the 90s. And um, they're off the I-70 highway, and there's a guy just murdering women who work in convenience shops and just like... It's a girl... It's a guy murdering ladies... Who work behind registers? It doesn't matter of where. It's a sick fuck, and that's basically the recap. Yeah. And they can't catch him somehow. So he has this next two murders. These two ladies at a bridal shop. Um, basically, back to that. So he walks in. These two ladies, where they were staying late at a bridal shop and waiting for a customer to come by and buy a cumber muffin. And anyway, what so is a cumber muffin? It's not point. It's not <laughs> point. What is a cumber muffin? It's a, it's a thing you wear. <laughs> no, it's not. What is it? It's look, so it was. It, it, look, Ben, I'm not here to dispute police official reports. Okay. Okay. Right. No. This is what it was. Yo, it's what a, is a no, cumber no, muffin? It's a cumber. It's a cumber bun. Do you eat it or do you? No, fucking you wear it. it. Yeah, what does it look like? I don't know. You look at the label. All right, fine. Post, keep going. We'll post it on the on the on the blog. <laughs> So they, they were staying late to have this guy come by and get their his cummerbund. But then the <laughs> I-70 killer walked in. Um, they thought this was just their guy. But then he just kills the fuck out of them. And What does he do? How does he do it? A gun. He killed all of his victims by uh, a shoot. gun. It was oh, a twenty two caliber weapon. That's, yeah, that sucks. So the actual customer arrived to pick up the cummerbund and came face to face with the this I-70 is bugging killer. Li- we have to figure out what a cummerbund is because this is no- we have to Okay, hang out. on. Hold on, folks. We're figuring out what a cummerbund is real quick so we can tell you exactly what it is because it's bothering us. Talk about what a cummerbund is. Ben. So, John, a cummerbund is um, a belt that goes around your waist and it's it's You've not, seen it it's on not fancy a belt. old school tuxes. It's not a belt. It's basically a giant tie that goes around your waist. It's just made of like cloth. And it looks like it's supposed to make you less fat. And that's kind about like it. like a male corset. That's about know. it. It it sucks. Don't buy one. I don't even think you could buy one if you wanted to. John, so anyway, back to the murders. The guy who came by for the cummerbund, 
he would come face to face with the I-70 killer. The I-70 killer let the guy go who wanted the cummerbund. Wow. But the guy immediately notified the police once the killer left. So he, he just was some sexist? Can we assume that from the I-70? Like he just wanted, it seems like he wanted to kill ladies. The killer? Like. Yeah. Well, yeah, he has, so he has a type, and it'll eventually betray him. Oh, man. We'll get into the details of that a little bit later. Okay. Actually, I think of the next... Um, I think, um, yeah, murder. Okay. So at this point, Ben, like, what do you think is going on in this guy's head? What do you think his motive is? Well, I think what he's think a sick fuck. Clearly, yeah, I agree. like, you have to bear in mind. So we've got twisted. We've got some guy who I guarantee is can't get laid. Sexually he's, deprived. Yeah, sexually deprived. Probably not very smart. Um, doesn't have anything going for him. Just your archetypical loser. And truth be told, like, I don't know what to do with those kinds of folks because in this particular case, he ended up lashing out and just going after the people that I guess he, uh, he was most angry at, which were women, because obviously he was not an attractive mate. So, you know, who would, who would, who would want to become a significant other? No one that I know of. And that's the thing. So he became a serial killer just killing store clerks from coast to coast and uh, john does that seem about right to you or do you, do you have a different take honestly no ben you're you're pretty much spot on right now with our with our suspects right now mm-hmm. um that's his mo that's his modus operandi yeah a little over two weeks later the bloodbath would can it, it, it would continue mm. um on the 27th of april michael mccown was killed in his mother Sylvia's ceramic store really? in Terre Haute, Indiana, 600 miles east of the previous murder in Wichita, Kansas. The Highway I-70 runs directly through Terre Haute, Indiana. McCown, this is a very Indiana-centric case, uh-huh. is it not? This, it hits close to home it as does. a Hoosier. McCown would be the only male killed during this entire murder spree, and it's commonly believed that by investigators, they think that he was only murdered because he was actually, he typically wore his hair on a long ponytail, and he was just mistaken for a young woman. So, so potentially, the killer has poor eyesight. Yeah, he's confusing men for women. Again, like, I, I don't think this killer is Einstein. No. I think he's some jerk-off, and that, that's just the way it sounds. Yep. Uh-huh. You're pretty much, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. Can you pass me another Cerveza, por favor? Yeah. Right, thank you. Gracias. Gracias. uh, So what happens next, Ben? I think we're right there in the research. So basically a week after this, basically after he kills this guy who he thought was a woman, um, the I-70 killer struck again, presumably so quickly because he had realized he had made a fatal error and killed a man. When in reality he just he wanted to he, kill he, women. He wanted to kill which women, which is wrong. So the, women are yeah, beautiful. Yeah, who, who wants to kill anyone? Lovely. That's yeah, yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on now. And so his. You, you fi- know what? Cheers, Ben, to the ladies. Here's to the ladies. Thanks. May for you forever have fun, son. Girls just want to have fun, man. Girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, and um. I think we're, we're right there. So we're, we're here. So his fifth victim would be um, the 24-year-old Nancy Kitzmiller. 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 She was killed on May 4th while working alone at Boot Village. A fo- See, again, a person that works behind the counter somewhere. A Special footwear shop in St. Charles, Missouri. 
A hundred miles west of his previous victim in Terhote, in a city where Highway 70 runs directly through it, Nancy had opened up the shop at noon, but it is unclear when she was murdered. She was discovered at 2.30 p.m. that very same afternoon, but had not had a customer in the store. So look, Boot Warehouse, Boot Village, Obviously, yeah. is not a popular shop. Do you think that they had a marketing problem? No, I think that they. Do you were think a, it was like a bad market? I think that they were in a rural area and that they didn't have many people that needed shoes. Like let me put this specifically. Like, I mean, you're from basically nowhere. True. And you know for a fact that in places that are basically me specifically, no, you're just this hypothetical person. No, you. Oh yeah, but okay. I, me. and God. you in comparison with that hypothetical I'm person. From nowhere. Yeah, you're from like a place that with one other person. No one there. cares about. You're it's with lost to time. Yeah, and one other person lives there, and their name is probably Dale. And yeah. you and Dale never had anywhere to shop, and the only place you would probably go to like pick up anything is Walmart or Boot Village. Or Boot Village. And you know what? But I mean, because there was such a low population, there weren't that many other villagers to pick up boots from Boot Village. And so you just, you know, you work with what you got. Like, I, I, I bet it was relatively successful. How many pairs of boots do you have? I have one. I have pair. none. You I should have, get a pair of boots. Right, I have right. no boots. I have sneakers. So, now, the final murder of this spree would occur May 7th, just three days after the Raytown, Missouri killing. Um, I rather just three days after the St. Charles, Missouri killing, this would take place in Raytown, Missouri, mm. 220 miles west from St. Charles, also along the I-70 highway. It's just outside of Kansas City. The victim was 37-year-old Sarah Blessing, another gorgeous and full of potential young woman with ambition, and I assume a rock and bod. Um, she was working in her gift shop called Store of Many Colors. That's the, a good store. Yeah, the murder occurred during the day, and the owner of the video store is possibly a blockbuster or a family video or a video stop. Um, it's the 90s. The video Before store. video cameras were widespread, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So he heard a, sh a pop, and then he saw the killer leave. He then discovered Blessing's body after he went into the store and just to check out what happened. Mm. A clerk at a nearby grocery store also saw the suspect. And the, the, the clerk said that he saw the suspect climbing a hill towards I-70. So we have is a murderer on the run. And on guys, the run. And there were a couple possible related murders in Texas yeah. that may or may not be from the same sick and twisted bastard of a man. And so, investigators believe the I-70 killer may have been responsible for two murders later in 1993 and an attempted murder that was foiled, all of which occurred in Texas. This, the, this, two, the foiled murder was in 94. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. The two victims that weren't killed but foiled the plot were 51-year-old Marianne Glasscock, a hard rockin' babe who was quicker with a revolver than she was with her hands. And um, she was killed in September 1925. Uh, 
And she was killed September 25th, 1993, in Fort Worth at the Emporium yeah, Antique yeah, Store. Yeah, I got it. I got it. And 22-year-old Amy Vess was shot to death in a dance apparel store in Arlington, Texas. So on this guy's just going through malls and he's just fucking Killing shooting bitches. people. Unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. The beautiful, powerful so, woman of the world. Yeah, and so the, the survivor of the attempted murder was Vicki Webb, of course who was shot on January 15th, 1994, in Houston at the Alternatives gift shop. She briefly talked to the shooter before he shot her. So this mm. guy is a sadistic prick. Yeah. And um, the modus operandi of the Texas killer was very similar to the I-70 killer. And they both used a 22 caliber firearms, the little guns, the same caliber as the I-70 killer. Ballistic tests determined that the gun used in the Texas murders was not the same as the mm. one used in the I-70 killings. However, investigators have not been able to confirm that the I-70 killer was responsible for the shootings in Texas. Like just, it had a similar air to it. Yeah. Like they just like this. Hang on, what happened? He was still large. Smells like so shit could, one place. Smells yeah. like shit in the other. So this is the part of this podcast we're going to talk about the investigation of these murders a little bit more in depth. Yeah. The murders were conclusively linked. Uh, these are the ones in the Midwest along I-70. These murders were conclusively linked after a St. Charles detective suspected a connection. All of the murders were committed with a 22 caliber firearm, and the victims were usually petite, young, supple, attractive young women with long, dark hair. Oh, man. This aside, guy's issues, I guarantee aside it. Aside from the Wichita murders... All of the victims were alone while murdered and shot in the back of the head. None of the scenes had any signs of sexual assault, so he did not rape anybody. There was no fingering, no finger, you well, know, that's getting good. no necrophilia. Yeah, nothing, no nothing. weirdness. Nothing weird. But none of that, all of us, but all of, at the same time, all of the stores were robbed. However, the robbery appeared to just be kind of a secondary motive. Because all of the stores were small specialty stores, which didn't have a lot of cash on hand. Boot Village. Yeah, exactly. Bridal Diligent and the Fancy, you so, know? Yeah, he's just a prick. Yeah. So, composite sketches, through composite sketches and witness testimony, the killer is believed to be a white man, about five foot seven inches. Mm. He had lazy eyelids. And Sandy, blonde. So you know hair. what I'm thinking right now, John. If he's alive, ever, he'd be in his 40s or 50s. Have you ever seen The Hills Have Eyes? Yes, once, a long time ago. I'm thinking like one of those family members, like one of like um someone you know, really low intelligence, mostly deformed, little, um, probably a tonk thang, like just someone uh, that someone that does not have all their P's and Q's in the right loops that they need to, and you know, a couple screws. Slightly loose, John. Do you agree? You're not probably, yeah, yeah, if I'm right. putting it nicely. I'm going to see this. Not bred well. Right. Okay. So um, now there's something that happens. Um, ben, do you want to get to this part of it, or do you want me to keep going? So in? with the composite sketch that they'd received from witnesses and the drawer of the police force, of course, the police were able to follow leads that led to Herbert Bosmeister from West, from Westfield, Indiana. A businessman who traveled quite frequently. What happened next created a shockwave of terror that was entirely unexpected. As police began searching his property, they uncovered a vast amount of skeletal remains of 11 people. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, however, 
They were all male and believed to be homo. So they, they they stumbled upon maybe another serial killer, and um, they, they who was killing male homosexuals. Um, and out of the eleven, eight of them were reported missing. So this guy was clearly a murderer. Now remember, the I seventy killer. None of the bodies were missing. They were all left at the scene of the crime. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, if I'm gonna speculate wildly yeah. for a sec, I feel like they got super lucky and just found another serial killer. It's probably true. Yeah. So, but you can never really People count it out because this guy man. was a guy who would have traveled along I seventy. I seventy is the main road highway. Oh, whoever this guy is. Even if he wasn't the I seventy killer, he was definitely a fucking serial oh, killer. Yeah, well, he had eleven. Duh. He had people in his backyard. Um. So, but shortly after, her, 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 bad monster, he committed suicide. It was also learned that he had throat cancer, mm. but was currently in remission at the time. He also owned a twenty two semi-automatic, which helped further the belief of him being the I-70 killer as that I was wouldn't, I would, the same weapon me. that like was... Like, maybe he just kills people in different ways sometimes. Yeah, exactly. The gay dudes he takes home and tortures, <laughs> whereas women he just kills and leaves them at the shop. He's a sick fuck, clearly. So, unfortunately, although suspected as the I-70 killer, there weren't any female remains on his property. Mm. And, we, and with his suicide... Is now unknown whether or not his alleged involvement of the women were who were murdered had anything to do with him. Well, John, nevertheless, the police were able to solve a lot of the cases after finding the male remains. remains. So, that, I mean, there's a lot of missing persons remains and things like that. They'd solve because of this yeah. crazy asshole. And um, so it wasn't completely... And total loss because, you know, they got some good stuff out of it. So police have not publicly identified any suspects and the case has been classified as a cold case in the case of the I-70 killer. That, however, um, he goes from, like, it's wild, John. Like, what do you think happened? Like, that's where the police case kind of ends. So you got to remember, like, I, do you, okay, first off, let's establish. Do you think that the I-70 killer was the guy who committed the murders in Texas? I Maybe, because here's the thing. Like, the guy that they broke in on, you have to bear in mind, like, serial killers are super uncommon. Like, and if that guy, like, what are the odds that the evidence of the cops leads them to a house in Texas that isn't it, but just also happens to be a guy who just happens to murder gay guys. Like, it seems to me like it's probably... Like, it has to be connected somehow. Like, typically you talk about, like, the serial killers have, like, a type. And yeah. so in this case, like, you like you could easily argue basically two theories. D- is Was this guy, Baumeister, did he have... Was he a serial killer who had sort of two types? Women he went after and killing at the shop. Homosexual men he came back and tortured. Or were they two separate killers? One with I don't the female know. type, I one with the homosexual type. I honestly type. don't know, but I mean, the good news is they took down one killer, which is definitely a, a, a step in the right direction. Now, but the other thing, the things but just that, wait with me, bear with me real quick. But do you think that there is any possibility whatsoever that he was not the I-70 killer, but involved with him in some sort of bizarre, satanic... No. Sect of killers who just fucking killed people. And this is in the early 90s. The internet and sub forums, Reddit doesn't exist. None of that's out there. Yeah, I know, but maybe there were just no, psychos saying, that met each other. No, I, I don't think that was a thing. You you typically didn't exp- admit yourself to being a psycho, so it was probably not easy for other psychos to find you. You're right. You. You, couldn't, you couldn't social network. There were, yeah, exactly. It doesn't exist yet. 
So I don't think so. I think they're either the same person or they're completely unrelated. Yeah, I know, but then it's just like the greatest stroke of luck in law enforcement history that they happen to just randomly find a fucking serial killer. I want to speculate wildly for just a second do about it. this whole kind of case. Go um, on, do it. So I'm going to assume, presume for a moment that these murders, the Texas ones and the I-70s, are connected. That's sort okay. of the, the, let's just presume. I that's mean, it's true. not impossible. No. How did the? Wait a minute. Can we go back for a second? Sure. How did the evidence lead them to this other serial killer? Similar types. Yeah, of no. But murders. how did they catch him? How no, they, no one was ever caught for either. Yeah, so they killed him, no. or he killed himself. No, okay. They led. No, okay. Eventually, the composite. I'm so fucking okay. confused. Okay, let me. I'll recap. So the guy on I-70 goes on the string of murders. During one of them, he leaves a witness. That witness gives him gives the authorities a composite sketch of what he looks like. Mm-hmm. They never catch that guy, so far as anyone knows. Two years later, there is a string of murders, two in Texas, and a third that's attempted uh, that follow just a generally similar yeah. pattern. Okay. So they can okay. kind of believe that they're related, uh-huh. um, but no one is ever apprehended. No one is ever caught. Are you with me so far? Yeah, keep going. I'm totally with you. So what I think is that these are connected. Um, no, but wait a minute. That's not what I was asking, yeah. though. So the, who was the guy that had a bunch of fucking guys buried oh, in his Oh, right, right, right. So the composite that's sketch. A, how do they get the to composite, his house? The composite sketch that the guy, the sole witness, gave to authorities led these led the police to a guy named Herb Baumeister in Indiana who just happened to have a bunch of skeletal remains on his property. And then he ended up killing himself. Like, you don't just happen yeah. to have a bunch of bodies in your backyard. Well, I guess so the- what I want to know is, what are the odds of the evidence of one murder leading the cops to the actual murderer of an entirely separate string of murders? That seems like fucking shit to me. I guarantee... It ha- he had to have something to do with this case. So you believe that her Bobmaster likely had two gender-specific uh, murder types? I have two theories. I think that he either had two gender-specific murder types, as in he was murdering women in one way, like you said. Yeah. He murders women that work in stores. He goes and he... He goes to the story, then he shoots them, and then he also has a thing for gay guys when he kidnaps them and then tortures them and buries them in his backyard. But those two never meet. The other theory that I have is that he is just a serial killer who kills gay guys, but is also in cahoots with another serial killer who kills um, women who work in convenience stores. And somehow they meet up, and then the police evidence through this description of one killer leads to the other killer. But I don't know. What do you think? Like, I have no other explanation. I don't... I think it's one killer. I I genuinely think... You think it was him? Yeah, I think that he goes from a spree-style murders that are weeks apart in the summer of 92 in the Midwest. And then he goes to murders that... uh, that just kind of fell apart in 93, 94 in Texas. That's a clue. He may have had a job that gave him a lot of unsupervised time and a lot of travel. Salesman, truck driver. He then was was arrested on an unrelated charge and lost a job, maybe driving high, smoking pot, or drinking. Mm -hmm. And so there's a gap in between the murders. And so when he gets out of jail or whatever... He was a truck driver, 100%. This is is what I'm speculating. He did not have a good So after he gets out of whatever sort of restraints the law held him back for from his crimes, his unrelated crimes, he obtains a new 
job in Texas that was more of a, of a traditional like nine to five. Is all confirmed? No, this is this is me speculating. This okay. is speculation. So he gets like a traditional like nine to five type deal, uh, which would interfere with his ability to murder. And he had to sort of take vacation time off. Thus, the gap in between these murders okay. in Texas. What was that? That's movie? all I have for the research. What was okay, that? No. Okay, so I have another theory entirely. Go. What was that movie called with um, the trucker and he murders a bunch of people and they communicate with him through their radio? I don't know. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. So, I, I have this theory. I think that he was definitely a, um, a trucker who had a thing for young women who worked in convenience stores or just stores in the road who was just a sick, twisted prick who would murder people left and right. And I think somewhere along the way, he got involved with another serial killer who had a similar interest, but not exactly the same. That I think we've covered what your things were. Well. Yeah, think we've, we've, and we've it was the this. guy that was yeah, just there, murdering there was the gays guy all day. It all, you know? That's all we've got for this mystery on Drunk Mysteries. We hope you've enjoyed this tale of murder, deceit, travel, heist, and unfortunate abuse to strong, powerful women. I know I did. Ben, um, I want to thank our uh, beer of the week of the episode. Who's that? Paul Aner Munchin, the original Munich, Munich God lager. Munich, goddammit. No, it's, you're right. It's Paul Munchin, the original Munich lager. Okay. Okay. That's so, yeah, mean. right. But anyway, as always, please subscribe and review. Uh, I want to take this time to thank our, 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 our producer, Rick Warren, um, and also our sound engineer, Dan Burton. And World War II enthusiast, Chadley, Chadley McGraw, whose wife just tragically, just tragically, is that, we, don't, we don't even want to get into it. But anyway, that's all we have for this week's episode. We hope you'll join us next time on Drunk, Drunk Mysteries. Mysteries. Mysteries.